0: Hello, Alex Zane here. Thank you for choosing to listen to Just The Facts. And while you can still enjoy these episodes forever, you might want to check out our brand new show, A Trip to the Movies, where each week a different famous film fan curates their perfect night out at the cinema, picking what snacks they'd eat, where they'd sit, who they'd go with, and of course, what movies they'd screen. If you love cinema as much as we do, search A Trip To The Movies with Alex Zane or head to our socials at TripToMoviesPod. That's at TripToMoviesPod to find out more. Hello and welcome to Just The Facts with me, Alex Zane, the podcast that takes a journey through the cinematic CV of a different guest every week to uncover some fascinating facts about their career. And thank you for being here for our magnificent... 15th episode. If you haven't done so already, please, right now, take a moment to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and you will get a brand new episode straight to your device, into your ears. Every single week. And for all the latest news and updates about our upcoming guests, do follow us on Instagram and Twitter at JTF Pod. That's at JTF Pod. And also, if you do prefer to watch your interviews rather than listen to them, then the video interview comes out the Friday after the podcast, which is on a Tuesday. So the Tuesday is the podcast, the Friday is the video interview. And you can watch it on our YouTube channel. Just The Facts with Alex Zane. Subscribe now on YouTube. Yep, all good. All good. Right then. My guest this week is a devilishly talented actor who has seen his TV show Lucifer become nothing short of a phenomenon. A phenomenon that is drawing the curtain on its final season, which begins this Friday on Netflix, September the 10th. It's the final season of Lucifer. It was an absolute pleasure having him on the show. Please welcome to Just the Facts, the incredible Tom Ellis. Lovely business. How are you? How are you, Tom?
2: Uh, I'm very well, thanks, Alex. um, I'm sitting here in New York, looking at a very sunny Brooklyn, Mm. It was a mass, massive thunderstorm yesterday, and it feels like it got rid of all the humidity that's been existing here for the last two months because it's been boiling. But um, I'm good, mate. I'm good.
0: I'm happy. What are, you doing? what are you doing in New York?
2: I am... Sounds very fancy. I'm shooting a movie.
0: Oh! Um,
2: I know. I'm doing I'm doing a new um, romantic comedy film for Netflix that's going to come out next year. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm working with Gina Rodriguez, who is the star of Jane the Virgin. Um... And we're having a lot of fun.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, New York's a great city. It doesn't, Ugh. it doesn't do weather by halves, though, does it? So it's either no. bitterly cold or ridiculously hot or unbearably humid.
2: Yeah. There's like there's there's like two windows in the year that people talk about and romanticize about. They go, Oh, I love New York in the spring. And it's like that lasts for about two weeks. And and in the fall, that lasts for about two weeks as well. And then it's just <laughs> like ridic- then it's extreme. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I remember once going to a, a comedy club there. I mean, it was bitterly cold, so it's winter. And I, I don't mind, I don't mind the cold, the heat. I'm not good in, I can't stand the heat. Yeah. I've got, um, you know, Monica from Friends hair. So heat and humidity, pff, ridiculous. Yeah. But I went uh, in winter, went into the comedy cellar uh, and it was, it was cold. Came out about an hour later, six feet of snow. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Crazy. That's an exaggeration. Crazy.
2: It's very um, magical. It is. It's isn't very it? magical, isn't it? Have you been a lot? I well, I've been over the year, over the last sort of like I guess ten years. I've sort of, I've been to New York, but it's always been for like a week to do press or this or that. I've never spent a, a concentrated amount of time here. But I've been, I will have been here for like two and a half months by the time we finish. Oh wow! And it's been um, it's been great, man. Really, really cool.
0: Do you um do you remember the first time you went? I only ask because I remember distinctly the first time I went to New York, and it felt and I've never had this, I've never had this in LA or any other city, it felt like I was walking onto one big movie set because of, weirdly enough, all the romantic comedies we've all seen set in yeah. New York.
2: just like, it's just iconic images everywhere and like things that you don't think about that are iconic images, like steam coming out from, <laughs> from like manhole covers and that actually happens in real life. Yeah. Um, just, just the hustle and bustle of New York that you see on the big screen, it, that's how it is, that's the weirdest mm-hmm. thing about it and it's, it's kind of timeless as a city in America as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah, I was that guy. I remember the first time I saw steam coming out of a manhole. I was like, photo. I need a photo <laughs> of that. I've never seen it it's in real life. I know. It's it's. Yeah, I keep having those moments. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so is that where, where's home for you then? Are you still UK based? I think of you as living in LA. Weirdly enough, probably because of Lucifer. I mean, I've,
2: yeah. I mean. LA is pretty much home base for sure. Um, my kids still go to school in the UK, um, and so I, you know, I'm back in the UK a lot to see them, and they're over with me. So I, I do a lot of transatlantic kind of um, traveling, um, but yeah, I just yeah, LA is very much home base at the moment
0: mm. for sure. That I mean, it sounds it sounds. I guess some people go, oh, that sounds like a lot traveling back and forth across the Atlantic. I love that flight Uh, it's I I actually really do you like flying because for me it's I've I've worked out why it's because it is one of the few times that you can just sit eat drink watch a movie and not feel guilty
2: absolutely 100% completely with you on that one no I really look forward to that I I hate airports but once I get on the airplane I'm like oh yeah yeah Yeah. just take my shoes off and yeah Yeah. no it's great I do I, I love it I'm very, and it's weird how you get used to a flight as well. Like it feels like an extraordinarily, extraordinarily long flight. And then the more you do it, it's like, oh, I, you sort of mentally it just it's never the same. Yeah, so, I
0: prefer I prefer the L.A. flight to the New York flight because the New York flight's not long enough. But L.A., you can watch a couple of movies, a couple of glasses of wine and still get about six hours sleep. Yeah, exactly. You can get drunk and wake up and have a hangover <laughs> yeah. by the time you've got there. It's great. <laughs> yeah that's so true that's so true so hey i mean uh, it's it's big it's big lucifer is uh coming to an end after what seven seven years
2: seven it will be yeah we'll be about seven years so six six seven years gosh yeah this will be season six but season five was split into two so technically this is season seven (laughs)
0: just just in case people weren't confused enough yeah exactly uh it's um it's 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 been a big part of your life. I guess the big question, is: are you gonna miss it?
2: Oh, for sure.
0: Um, but I
2: kind of feel like I was ready to finish mm. as well. So it's, it's weird because I, <clears throat> I, was, I was talking about this earlier that um, I, you know three years ago, the show was canceled after season three. Mm. And at that point I was absolutely devastated and gutted because I felt like we hadn't really finished our story. It was like we sort of were doing a play and then it was the interval and then and then the play got closed down. And it was like, well, people were watching that. And, um, and it, it was a very sort of unsatisfying feeling about that. But now we've, we've been able to tell the beginning, middle and end of our story. I'm kind of, I feel really happy and satisfied. Um, and so I will undoubtedly miss it, but also, you know, the people that I love from the show and my friends that I've made on the show, and whatever, they're, they're like lifers now. You know, it's been a huge chunk of my life, so um, I don't worry that I'm not going to see people again. And um, I will be a little bit sad to, to say goodbye to the character, but it was time.
0: I mean, it's you—you—you've undoubtedly heard this a lot over the last seven years. But what a cool character to play! I mean, <laughs> when you first read for it, I, I, I'm assuming you went to an audition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Um, I was, you know, it's it's not unheard of that people just go, "You're the guy. We don't need to yeah. see anything." Um, but you, so you auditioned for it then. Uh, do you remember that audition?
2: I do vividly. I um, it was weird because I I I just I'd done a show in the states that's been like sort of my breaking the ice, and and people have really sort of gotten to know who I was. Certainly, you know, that were making stuff, not necessarily audiences. Um, and then so I knew that I had. A, a good chance of the, the things that I was going in for. But I remember getting a script for Lucifer. And I it was by about the third page. I was just like, I just I just love this character. I love the way it's written. It makes me laugh out loud. It's so different to all the other stuff I'm reading. You know, and I feel I felt there was an opportunity there to do something with it that was very different and unique. Um, and so I kind of like I took some big swings in my choices. Cause like he wasn't written as British, he wasn't written as any of these like like things i've sort of added over the years but um i just was like i think this is the opportunity to kind of make a mark so i i took some really big swings and maybe some big choices and i just kind of fingers crossed and i went in to meet len wiseman who was directing the pilot and um it's so funny like you can when you're in those situations there was people in before me and i remember like everyone was about took about maybe three to five minutes of in and out and i remember i'd been in there for maybe about 10 minutes and we were still going and Len was giving me notes and stuff. And I thought, well, maybe I, I've got a bit of purchase here. Maybe, maybe we might, um, we might be onto something. And like, yeah, like literally about 24 hours later, Len had basically said, I want you to do it. Um, we've, got, <laughs> we've, got, we've, got, we've got, we have to convince the studio and all that. But um, I, once I knew I had him on side, I felt like that maybe the job was going to be mine. and And it just played out that way, but it was, I didn't really realise how big a job it was until until we started shooting the pilot, basically. So you went for British. What were the other big swings that you um, that you took? Um, I think like the heightened nature of uh, of his sensibilities. Like I really can't. It really, when I read it for the first time, there was a cadence to his to his voice, and it sort of um, and it, it, for me it only worked that it was sort of delivered in a sort of rapid fire way. He didn't think and muse about these things that he said. He just said them, and he said a lot in a short space of time. So it was all about pace and 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 being on top of the lines. And it reminded me a lot of being in a sort of Oscar Wilde play or a Noel Coward play, where these kind of these witticisms that these characters have, they just kind of come out in in droves, in endless kind of like sentences. And so that kind of that was the that was something that I was going for. Um, which doesn't really tie in with like a modern US TV show, um, and and how people like stylistically how people go for things. So certainly that, and then I think just um just sort of um not going down the typical alpha male route. Mm-hmm. I wanted there to be a little bit of ambiguity about who he was, and a lot of people commented that Lucifer was quite camp when mm-hmm. when I first started out, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean that's that's again it kind of like it ticks those boxes or not tick. It kind of resonated in my head about certain characters like Algy and oscar you know importance of being earnest and things like that there is a kind of like ambiguity about the sexuality of these characters and um that was something we tied in with 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 lucifer just being an open sexual creature basically and all of those things but all of these sort of i sort of almost like theatrical choices that i made in my head Um, and i'm just committed to it and thankfully um they went for the sort of big character in a grounded world
0: version that i was kind of looking for so and it was just you and and Len Wiseman in that audition because you I've heard that quite often compared to British auditions and mm. um, American network shows they literally have everyone everyone from the oh network in the in the room like you've got the lawyers in there yeah my my
2: first experience of doing a screen test in America was exactly that it was like I may as well have been doing like a small theatre job there was about <laughs> it was in a room on Fox Studios and. I, you know, I'd done my first audition in front of about four people and then they called me back and it was like this, this, what they call the studio test and um, everyone who represents the studio. And there was like you said, it's about 40 people in this room of like all these chairs out. And, and yeah, it was really kind of um, very, very different experience than what I'd ever had before. But thankfully over the years, they've sort of, they've tweaked that a little bit and it's more that you have your creatives in the room um, like you know your director definitely and maybe a couple of other people and then they record it and they and then they show it afterwards and um and if some if the creative is on your side then you'll get time to work it as well it's not just like do it once and that's it it's like let's work this let's make sure we've got the best version of it before we present it to the people we want to present it to so yeah it was um a lot less stressful
0: that, that version of doing it and, no, and at no point did they go. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. What? Are you, where? What? Where's that? Not that what, accent. What? Are you what doing? on what earth are you doing?
2: Are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, not. Thankfully, not. It was. It was really weird because I remember it was. It was U.S. pilot season. Like all the jobs I've been going for were American characters at that moment in time. Um, and, and you so can my, do an
0: American accent, as as has been well, proved.
2: Yeah. I've just. I've just been in a show playing you know, this American doctor, and so I kind of. I was ready for that. And I remember like attacking the material with an American accent. And I just after like five minutes just was like, this guy just sounds like a dick. He just, there's something about it, doing it in an American accent that just doesn't work. And there's something hugely charming and forgivable for Americans to hear Brits. They just find it so kind of like, you could be saying anything you like, but because you say it in a British accent, they're kind of immediately charmed by it. And so I kind of thought if we're gonna play this deplorable character,
0: we've got to make him likable somehow. And that was the way in. And did you feel like you'd nailed it, like when you walked out? Because I, sometimes I, I, it's it's that you just know that you've hit everything. And I mean, obviously, Len calling you 24 hours later was a clue. But yeah. uh, but before then, were you like in that 24 hours? Were you like I think I think I got that?
2: I, well, I knew I knew it had gone well because there was um, a casting director who had called like after that session had finished, called my management team to say that went really well. Um, you know Len's very keen we've got some more people to see blah 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 so I sort of knew definitely that it'd gone pretty well but also I had like I said to you like I knew that I'd been in there for longer than five minutes so that so, that, so I thought you know there's there's you're saying there's a chance it was kind of that sort of <laughs> thing but um, yeah I it, it felt like it, it, I knew going into it it sort of hit was in my sweet spot as well mm. and um, that gave me a lot of confidence going in
0: so uh, what's it what's it like? I mean, it just it, it fascinates me because it's such a big thing. TV in America, network TV, a network show like this. And obviously, you're a familiar face on British TV. You've been in Miranda, you know, which is a huge series for the BBC. But actually being cast as the lead in a, a show like Lucifer, what what's what changes around you? Like d- does it feel like a palpable difference in your life that this suddenly this network is there, going. You're our guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, yes. To, but it's it's strange how when you're right in the middle of it and you're doing it, like I don't, I didn't didn't think about it. And I mean, things that that were definitely different in those circumstances in terms of filming. I was like, wow. But on the pilot, we shot on uh, Hollywood Boulevard for five nights in a row, and we had it closed off between <laughs> Highland. And La Brea, which is essentially where the Oscars are, where the red carpet for the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had that entire section closed for our filming, and I was like, wow! And it was like huge crews and all these techno cranes, and I was like, wow, this is
0: this is like pinch me moment. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, I wait, wait, the, wait, wait! Where did they put all the all the crazies? Because Hollywood Boulevard is oh, like we still
2: have the crazies. Like I got a lo- I got I got a load of shit off one of the Spider Men because um, there's about there's about four of them, and they all. <laughs> One of them like, some of them are really great and there's one that basically essentially just wears the Spider-Man pajamas from Argos and he's only, <laughs> and he's never washed them and just covered in like salty stains of like sweat and stuff. I've and that, seen him. I've seen it. That <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> is really angry and he was really angry that we were on his patch for five nights in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh.
0: Do you understand Spider-Man? You are meant to be a friendly, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. That is your one thing.
2: <laughs> and wow. a really gruff voice. It didn't sound like Peter Parker. Um, but um, yeah, no, that that was, I knew that that felt like I was in a bigger thing, like from a technical and from a work point of view, in terms of like how it's become, you know, as a show and like how it's changed my life in that way. It's only really now, to be honest Alex. And, and like, I would say the huge difference was when we went to Netflix. And since the show went to Netflix, that is such an enormous platform, um, like globally. And it's, it was also the first time that the show was going out to all the different territories at the same time and dropping at the same time. Um, that's when things really, I was like, oh, this is different. And now I, like, I find myself in New York and I can't really walk down the street without people like stopping me going, oh, yeah, no, I love the show. And it's, And I get that everywhere I go now. And that's lovely um, and really affirming, but also like that's the difference. It's it's really changed my life in that sense.
0: That's kind of crazy, isn't it? Because like normally it's sort of, you know, the first few seasons would be mm-hmm. sort of the big sort of launch pad uh, for a exactly. show and, and the thing that people go, have you seen this, have you seen this? But I, I, I guess, you know, it must be quite strange sort of being three, four seasons in. Four, it was the fourth season that went to Netflix, wasn't it? So the fourth yeah. season in and then, only then does it sort of catch fire, which it really has. It feels like more people than ever know the oh show and talk about it.
2: I think, yeah, and I think uh, there's a few reasons. I mean, Netflix being one of them, I think lockdown being another one of them is that, like, everybody in lockdown, you know, people just binge their way through everything <laughs> they hadn't watched. And so we already had, a, like, a really big fan base before that, and now it just feels like going into the final season, it's just, you know, it's it's gotten, I wouldn't say out of control, but, like, it's, it's bigger than ever, and it's just... Um, It's amazing to be part of it um, on this side of it, because I remember when we started out and it felt like there's so much TV being made these days that you just want people to kind of like give you a chance and watch it. Um, And to have sort of broken through that and come to a place where like it's a household show and people know the show and, you know, more often than not I'll meet people and one person in their household will watch Lucifer. and that is that just feels like a massive achievement these days because it's it's not the same as it used to be when there's only four channels when I was growing
0: up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean back then you had to stand up to change the channel as well. You were sort of crossing oh, yeah. the room. Thunk thunk. Uh, yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's it, you mentioned the fans. Um, we actually actually yeah uh, 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 another actor. Um, who we had on the podcast uh, has had a similar experience and still has a similar experience with them, with their show, which has just a, a, a really rabid fan base. And I mean that in a good way, uh, mm-hmm. like Lucifer does, which was as Sam Hewitt. Um, oh, um, yeah, he's
2: a friend of mine. Is he really? We went to drama school together, me and Sam. He was a couple of years below me.
0: I like to do all my research and it, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm now embarrassed that I, I did oh, not know this. So you, you were at drama school with Sam? Mm-hmm. Oh wow!
2: We had, we had a really—it was interesting actually. I look back at it now, and we had a really um, fruitful kind of couple of years, but in terms of talent, because James McAvoy was in in my class as well at uh, drama school, and then we had Sam, we had um, Michael Stephen Cree, and there's a few other people as well. Have done really well out that kind of grouping. So yeah, no, it's um, Sam. Sam indeed does have a very rabid, outlandish, <laughs> outlander fan base. Um, he's a he's a great guy though, so he deserves it.
0: Oh, we and were you actually friends in um, in drama school? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it was. I people laugh about this, but we used to call him Handsome Sam. Like that was his nickname. <laughs> Anyone whose nickname is much longer than their actual name is like it's, you've got to really think about that. But he's Handsome Sam. He's always been incredibly good looking, and just an incredibly lovely chap.
0: Oh wow, yeah, he is—he is lovely and 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 very, very, very handsome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although you're, you're very handsome as well. It must have been quite a year, quite a year. It's, <laughs> it's that's that's kind of weird that uh, that he gets the handsome. Were you not a little bit annoyed? You're like, what? What do I get? What's my nickname? Did you? I was
2: waiting. I was waiting for my glow up, basically, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> at that moment, at that moment in time, <laughs> I was very, I was very into the Guinness in those days.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, love a Guinness, but yeah, mm. you can feel it. It sits, it sits. It it's does, difficult it? to. It sits to everywhere, really. Mm. Yeah, if you ever want to bulk up for a role, Guinness, uh, a yeah. Guinness and pork scratchings in the corner of an old boozer. Ooh, lovely, <laughs> isn't that? <laughs> that a takes me back. It takes me <laughs> back. Yes. Um, so, so like you, I mean, you mentioned this already, and I, I didn't realize that at the end of season three. Uh, obviously, when Fox and I, I it, it, it sort of it boggles the mind when you think about ratings because Fox were like, "Oh, it's not rating well enough for us to keep it." And then you look at the ratings, mm-hmm. you like, it was doing close to five million, like in the in the UK, that'd be like, that's 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 good enough. We're keeping this, yeah. but I guess in America, well, it's the,
2: uh, it was that was a it was a really interesting sort of social. I want to say social experiment, but it was a really interesting um, insight into how TV is changing because the the network TV um, system was, they would talk about the ratings being demographics and they were only concerned about one demographic. And that demographic was people between the age of 18 and 49 because they're the people that spend money on the commercials that fund this. And that's how commercial TV works. So it was all mm. about, who are these people watching this show? And the computer said no to Fox. <laughs> um, and um, But the weird thing was that works to a certain degree, but. What Fox hadn't counted for was now Now these days, of course, Lucifer was then being sold off to different streaming services around the world. So it was being shown at kind of at the same time, like a day later, um, to audiences across the globe. So even though Fox were getting their numbers in about what how it lives in the Fox domain, what they weren't counting on was how popular it was becoming elsewhere. And that's when this kind of weird thing was like well this show that is on what they call on the bubble over here which means it's like it's got almost enough viewers to be safe but not quite um suddenly
1: i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me
0: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me.
1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Went from, they were like, oh, we're gonna cancel that show. They didn't realize that they were like gazillions of people watching it who were gonna say, hold on a minute, I was watching that. Um, but. You know, it was. Uh, I was fortunate to be on the right end of that kind of equation, basically. But um, yeah. it was it was an interesting insight because we we felt for a long time like maybe we weren't that popular, you know. And that and um, we, we were always sort of fighting for our lives, basically.
0: That um, sounds like an awful condition to work in, like constantly. Well, it is. Like, I mean, with the the axe hanging over you.
2: I mean, but that is how American TV, network TV works. Like, you're literally waiting for your viewing figures to come in to go, are we safe? Are we safe? Are we going to do another season? You know, are we going to do any more of this? And it isn't a nice environment to work in, um, because you feel like you're just being judged and you're waiting for these sort of ice skating scores to come in that mean nothing to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, I just, I'm glad, glad, you know, going to Netflix was also incredibly liberating in that sense, because we didn't feel like we had this sort of ominous... Axe over our heads. And we also felt like, oh, these people really like us and like they really like what we're doing. And they've told us that, you know, and this is so it felt very um, affirming from a creative point of view.
0: And it must have been nice. I mean, obviously, not the best circumstances to be made aware of your fan base, but it was a, a huge deal. Save Lucifer uh, trending on mm-hmm. Twitter and just to see that mobilization of the fans must have been quite nice. Mate, that was
2: like that was what my turning point for me because I'd found out the show had been cancelled about 24 hours before it was announced and I was um, I was at a fan convention in Rome having a great time um, and I uh, suddenly got this news and from being in a room where everyone was celebrating Lucifer and talking about it and stuff it was like that was it, it was over and I was devastated i mean to be honestly i was really really gutted because i'd been having a great time doing it and just felt like you know um we would keep going because it felt like it had started gaining that popularity so i felt devastated and then as soon as it was announced to the public i like my phone just blew up and it started to make initially i was just like oh oh well this is lovely Oh, people are reaching out saying how much they love the show. This is amazing. And then this hashtag Save Lucifer started. And then like, it just didn't stop. It just kept going and going and going and going to the point where I went to bed that night Got up the next day and it was like, wow, it's just, people are really angry about this. <laughs> um, and then and then I got a call from Warner Brothers saying um, that they were going to try and find a new home for it, um, but not to like hold my breath. These things are very unlikely, but just so you know, we're trying because we've taken notice of the fan response. And that's when I um, packed my bags and sort of headed out to LA to try and help with that process. Mm. And as I got to Heathrow Airport, um, I got a direct message on Twitter from BBC Newsnight saying, "We're following this thing about Save Lucifer. Do you want to come on the show and talk about it?" And I'm like, <laughs> "On BBC Newsnight? This is <laughs> This is like grown-up news. What are you talking about?" <laughs> um, okay, so I said, oh, "I'm way to, to LA." I like, we'll do. It. So we did it down the line from LA and. It just didn't stop that whole week after that. And then like going into the following week. And then I found out that Netflix had, had sort of swooped in and they were sort of doing all the contractual stuff for a while and I had to be tight lipped about it. But um, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was really the most vindicating moment I've had in my career.
0: That's, I mean, it's uh, just to hear you talk about it like that, it, it must have been a really, you know I, I, not to just, not to um, over exaggerate but quite an emotional experience to oh, see. It was. That appreciation for something you it really was
2: in. it really was and it and it and it set the it set the tone for really how the last few years has been with our fan base we do as you say you know we're like like outlander we do have some rather rabid fans in the best possible way i like to use the word passionate tenacious mm-hmm. but we have some that's incredible better, yeah. fans yeah.
0: that's better than rabid 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 <laughs> is a little bit yeah. foaming at the <laughs> they're mouth not, like they're where are you at enough, exactly <laughs> But they, Whereabouts but in New York they, are you? Show me where you they, are. What you What's your hotel number?
2: <laughs> exactly. Um, but they have been amazing. And it, and it feels like they are shareholders in the show. Mm. And it's this kind of like two-way relationship with the fans is very unique to, to Lucifer and, and something that I don't think will probably ever happen again on, a, on anything else I do. It's just the way that it happened and the involvement that they had in in the show continuing and, and the format it is in now is, is um, huge.
0: Well, just out of interest, what was Newsnight's angle on it? Was it about the mobilization of social media, like fans, or, or was it, it genuinely like Emily Maitlis going, listen, I'm a huge Lucifer fan, so uh, <laughs> uh, c- can, can well, I that's help? The thing.
2: I was like, well, it, there was there was two things. There was one was the um, one of the sort of main editors and researchers at Newsnight. His daughter was a huge Lucifer fan and very upset about this cancellation, um, and that had gotten him interested in this. But then their angle was, you know, let's talk about how TV is changing, and let's talk about that thing, you know, what we were talking about with the ratings and how it doesn't seem as relevant anymore, mm-hmm. um, and why these kind of like online fan campaigns happen, and and whether indeed they um, they ever. You know, come to fruition because all the time through that process, I was always warned by the the sensible people and my team, just going, "You do, Tom. You do realize this that it's highly unlikely that this will happen." Because I went through a period of time where I was like, "Should I be fronting this? Do I feel like a sort of sour grapes, right? You know, actor who yeah. can't take it?" And and you know, I did feel like I was kind of putting my reputation on the line a little bit, but I really believed in it, and that was the thing. And I really continued to believe in it, and um, yeah. I don't know, and so
0: and so you you genuinely think because I mean that that's an interesting question not to uh, not to borrow my questions from BBC's Newsnight, but <laughs> um, the idea that, that that the fan outcry about it being cancelled actually do you think it did contribute to Netflix going? We've seen this, we want it.
2: Oh, for sure, for sure, wow. because the the sheer numbers that they because you know Netflix like any of tech company these days they work on algorithms. And they just, you know, they became hugely aware of the popularity of the show through that explosion on social media. Um, And so it was almost like a surefire acquisition for them. I think the nice thing for Netflix is that it's been, you know, a surprise to them as well, how it's just continued and and snowballed and it's become, it's like their biggest show now. It's their most watched show in the world Mm. on Netflix. And that to me kind of blows my mind, but it's also you know, it's again, vindicating. It's like, well, you gave us a chance and we sort of repaid you and look at it, look at us now.
0: And I've, I've heard this, and you're certainly the person to ask, working with Netflix, having worked under the Fox banner, but I've heard that mm-hmm. they leave uh, filmmakers and and uh, TV makers alone a lot more. It's just like, this. look, this is your thing. Whereas a network is like, what are you doing? We want to see that, no, <laughs> don't do that. Like literally getting involved yeah. in the creative process. Netflix seemed to stand back and go, we trust you, which, they, like, yeah. like, what should happen?
2: I think, I, think, well, here, I think the bigger difference is that the, due, the Netflix due diligence process and streamers due diligence process before they pick something up is different. So these days, rather than doing the pilot system where they do, one, they do one thing and see how it goes and see how people respond to it, they want to pick up, like, a straight-to-series order these days. So they want to pick up something that's, like, 10, you know, 10 episodes or whatever. So they need a lot more detail up front about what it is. And so you have that process that you're talking about, whether it's the micromanagement and everyone sort of justifying their jobs, um, giving notes for notes sake and, and all of those <laughs> things. That all happens. <laughs> that all happens at the beginning of it now. Um, and if you can get through that process, yes. You know, they, they, they really are kind of with, with Lucifer as well, because we'd already sort of established what the show is. They were just like, just do your thing. And like the 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 freedom that we experienced under that was was so palpably different to what we've been you know up against before
0: it's uh, I mean we, we're talking about I mean uh, the fan base for it not everyone loves the show though I do remember there was that petition wasn't there like uh, moms <laughs> for America or something I'm one one sure. million
2: one million mums I think they right, were called. Right, yeah, there's, right there's six of them.
0: Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's yeah. It's like it just it, it's probably just one of them. Uh, it re- always reminds me of Maud Flanders. Well, somebody think of the children. It's yeah, right. um, it's yeah, saving saving. What was it was because it, it's because you made Lucifer too nice, didn't you, Tom? You made well, it it's because it was
2: a, it was a show about the devil. I mean, th- here's the thing they they complained and petitioned before they'd even seen the show, which I. <laughs> I loved, because there was two things at play there. One is that I can say, well, that says more about them than it does about our show. Um, and everyone's like, yeah, Tom, that's right. And, and then the other one is that, um, I, and I love this, this was my trump card. I was like, do you understand where I'm from? Like, my dad is a Baptist pastor. My uncle is head of theology at Regent's Park College in Oxford. And my sister is a pastor. And they love it. They've got a problem with it at all. So what's your problem? <laughs>
0: I forgot. Yeah, you, I remember reading this. You come from a religious family, and you're playing the devil, and they're yeah. fine with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think,
2: and it, the, I have to say, the most satisfying things, you know, the messages that I get from fans are from people of faith, which I get a lot of. You know, um, saying I, you know, I, I, I'm this, I'm, I'm X, Y, or Z, and I believe this. But I get so much from your show because of this, and there are there are messages to be found within the show about. Um good things like the for and we always say this for a show about the devil it's incredible how much kindness it's promoted amongst people amongst its fan base and stuff
0: yeah yeah it's a it's a great it's it, honestly, I don't think I've actually said this, but um weirdly, you mentioned it already i I think I've binged like most of it in uh, in inside of like two weeks in lockdown because I was like I was, really? just, it's it's great it's one of those shows i I don't mind saying it crack open a bottle of red. Bang Lucifer on, poof, yeah. just like you can do like six episodes in a sitting. It's fantastic. It's really good, and you're fantastic in it as well. I think it's it's a great role. It's it's really fun to play. And I, you know, having just now sort of started the, the Lucifer process in the last year, I'm sorry to see it going, but um, but oh. I am pleased that we have a season six because because um, the, there was talk of season five being the last one, wasn't there? That's what everyone thought.
2: Well, we that's what we thought. I mean, I we were told. This is um, your fifth and final season um, by Netflix. And so we, um, you know, we set out to make it the final season. And like literally, as we were coming towards the sort of the final three episodes of shooting the final three episodes, and we'd broken what the finale was going to be, we'd, we'd thought long and hard about what the end of the show was going to be, um, <laughs> there was another call from Netflix saying, hey, um you guys... <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like they found a shoebox full of more numbers of, oh, these people are watching as well. Um, Hey, so, um, yeah, so basically very, very late in the day, they came and asked us about doing season six. Um, And, you know, it was, I, it was obviously lovely to be asked that. It was a little bit like, well, what are we going to do? Because we've written it. But uh, thankfully, our showrunners and writers team are, are incredible. And they found... A way to kind of because we wanted to, we did want to preserve the end of the show that we'd come up with, mm. um, and we managed to do that. And then they found this kind of great sort of um, story to tell that sort of helps us get to that point um, in a in a different way. So. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a curveball, but um, like all good Americans, they knocked it out of the park. <laughs>
0: Look
2: at that yeah, little man. baseball analogy, I've never love done that before. Love a baseball analogy,
0: <laughs> yeah, love it. I, you, have you been? Have you ever watched a baseball game in, in I, person?
2: I have, I've been, I actually was, I went to go and see the New York Mets a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. Um, yes, um, who are I'm not a like Yankees the... Fan.
0: I, I went to Yankee Stadium when I was in New York. And so so by default, I'm a Yankees fan. Although I've been told by numerous Americans when I go, yeah, I'm a Yankees fan. They're like, that is like someone living you know, in New Zealand going, I'm a Manchester United fan. It's, yeah. it's, it's the team that p- people abroad just go, Yankees.
2: Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. And the Mets, the Mets are the Manchester City of the piece, but they just haven't had a, um, you know, a, a big investor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, come and buy them. and have like half of the Middle East come and buy them yet. Um, but yes, um, no, it's, I, I do. I do like American sport, but I really, I have to tell you, I really, really miss football. I really miss, know? oh my God, I miss the Premier League and I miss Match of the Day. I really miss that
0: you see i don't i'm not really it's weird like i i always feel weird saying i'm not a football fan when i'm talking to a football fan but i don't really i american sports i just love how long they go on for and that you don't really have to pay attention i love the whole stop start thing it's oh, like no. i like a burst of action and then you sort of eat a corn dog and have a beer you, and you know nothing you'll appreciate this i
2: went to the super bowl about three years ago um and um, amazing, down in Houston, in this amazing stadium. And it was a massive game. It was the Patriots against the uh, Atlanta. Um, and anyone who knows anything about football, that was a really iconic game because the comeback at the end was incredible. Mm-hmm. But about two minutes into the game, <laughs> in this amazing stadium, tickets on the halfway line, guests of Fox, because they were hosting it that year. And um, my wife turns to me with a really disappointed face and goes, do we not get to see the commercials? <laughs> Just, my wife is American, but the big thing about the Super Bowl right here is the yeah. commercials when you watch on TV. It's like the a movie whole thing. trailers.
0: Yeah, that's what oh, you wait for. The big no, time. we're actually at the game. No, we don't get to watch the
1: commercials.
0: <laughs> uh, do you know what? I had a similar experience when I um, I went to uh, WrestleMania 25 uh, in Houston, uh, Texas. Um, uh, t- I was covering it for I can't remember uh, for a radio station XFM back in the day, and I, they invited me out there. And the wrestling started and I was like, well, where's the commentary? I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, I I just sort of, it's a very strange experience just watching two men fight without someone going, oh, and the history between these two. The the Undertaker (laughs) has got some serious beef with this guy. And you're like... I was just, I don't, I don't really, it, it sort of spoilt it a little bit. I need yeah. the sort of, I need the story, like the narrative it to re- go along it with it. It reminds me of
2: when I was a kid and I watched the Dad's Army movie and I was like, where's, this, where's the laughter? Where's the laughter <laughs> track? I don't know where to laugh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, so Lucifer has uh, stepped outside. Lucifer, as in the character uh, he was in. Um, you were in uh, the the Arrowverse uh, crisis mm. uh, on Infinite Earths. I think it was called. Um, how was that? How was it? How was it uh, cameoing in that? I mean, it,
2: that was hilarious. That was like I was doing some some charity thing because I started. I I did a scene at Warner Brothers Studios in the morning in L.A then stayed in my hair and makeup, went straight to LAX airport, got on a a flight to Vancouver, two hours, and then got off the flight, went straight to set (laughs) and did a little bit of a night shoot there. But it was... um...
0: So you it was stay, great. You were you were dressed as Lucifer on the flight
2: my, to Vancouver. I had my my Lucifer hairdo and my like makeup on and everything, and I was just you know. Um... <laughs>
0: that's quite <laughs> a thing.
2: It took like an hour every morning to get like blow my hair out and get it into that quiff. It was ridiculous.
0: Uh, so that's uh, that's the thing about Tom. He don't he won't come out of character when he's <laughs> when he's Lucifer. He will get on a plane and he will not break character.
2: Oh dear but it was it was it was um it was a lot of fun also it was an opportunity to go back to Vancouver, which is where we used to film we would filmed the first two seasons of lucifer and had I got some great mates up there so that was the nice side of it for me as well but it was it was fun I got a lot of um a lot of fan reaction from doing the crossover those de- the you know those worlds are quite sort of loved by people, aren't they they
0: DC Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you do not want to say anything bad about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Let me tell you no. that. Um, no. So there is going to be a Flash movie coming out, which is dealing with like various different universes. We've got uh, the Batman, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman is going to be in it. Michael Keaton's Batman. Has Andy Muschietti, the director, has he called you yet? Is Lucifer going to be in it?
2: I think my phone hasn't been working, to be honest, because I've not heard a thing. Um, no, I've not heard anything about that at all. Um, but you know, fingers crossed. Would
0: you? Would you like to, though? I mean, I guess that's the better. I question.
2: mean, of course. I mean, all of those big movie, you know, the big comic book movies. Of course, I think any actor asked that question would probably say, "Yeah, I'd love to be part of that." Um, but we shall see. We shall see, because they're they're using a different actor playing Flash than they are from the TV show.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah, although I think there is talk of the TV's Flash being in it, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, I'm I just I just thought you know I'm a big Lucifer fan. I really, I mean, I love the character, and uh, and I mean, well, you, he's I, part I, of he's
2: part of the Vertigo comics, and like and under the DC umbrella and stuff. Um, mm. So I don't know, I don't know. Well, like we, the the people have asked me about Are you going to do any more in the future? And I, Honestly, in this format as a TV show, probably not. But of a movie in the future yeah maybe we could uh talk about doing that but i've just i'm ready to hang up the horns at the moment and try something else
0: and <laughs> um, i mean in terms of hanging up the horns i i, I imagine well actually i don't imagine because i think you said it in an interview you said that the the ending is, is it's a bittersweet ending i think is is mm-hmm. the is the phrase you use what are you hoping fans um take from this final series what 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 would make you happy in terms of what you left them with at the end um,
2: a feeling of satisfaction, for sure, without kind of like um, being covered in and vomit from a sickly, sweet ending. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, good. Basically. So you're hoping that people aren't covered in vomit is, uh, is the headline. Yeah, I just,
2: I hope that people end, you know, watching this for not covered in vomit. I mean, it's quite a simple <laughs> ask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, did, you, um,
0: <laughs> did you have a nice wrap party, though? Were you able to have a wrap party we when you actually finished? We haven't had one. I mean, Uh-oh. that's the
2: saddest. Of, like, we shot the final season of Lucifer during COVID, which was, you know, if anyone's had to work under those conditions, knows it's, you know, you just, you can't. It's not, you do everything in your power to not be around people as much as possible and cross-pollinate breath and things like that. So yeah. um, a wrap party was not what we, what we did, but I did on the last day... Um, I got a load of those like individual champagne bottles <laughs> and brought them down to set. So everyone could have their own champagne with their own straw under their mask um, and just sort of say goodbye to each other and air hug each other. But it did feel very inappropriate compared to that, like the feeling that we, we had a, an amazing feeling backstage on Lucifer, like with our cast and our crew and just, it was a great place to come and work. So I'm hoping that we can still in the future sort of have that wrap party at some point and uh, be able to celebrate properly. But yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, you need a wrap party. You need I mean, obviously, it's a a big thing, isn't it? Wrap parties at the end of a a production. Okay, so you didn't have a wrap party, or you haven't had one yet. Uh, More importantly, did they let you keep the car?
2: No. What? They did not let me keep... I know. People say, what did you take from the set? And I always say, I wish I could have taken the car,
0: but they wouldn't let me. It's (laughs) honestly, it's such a beautiful car. What is it? It's a 90... I'm not a car person. I looked it up. It's It's a 1962 Corvette
2: something like that, 62 or 63. And it's also, I mean, it's incredibly beautiful, but it is like, it's like a workout driving it. Like there's no power steering. There's no, like the clutch is like, literally it's like you have to do, it's like doing seated like leg raises and stuff, it's crazy. (laughs) um but um but very very satisfying once you get it going in a straight line is like yes
0: america <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that uh, that opening scene where you that i guess that was on Hollywood Boulevard where you're driving down in the very first episode i just i remember watching that cuz I, I like i said i only watched it in the last year and i was going oh that's cool that just oh, that we, whole a little
2: tease for you. that's how we open season 6 with a callback to that scene
0: Ooh, great mm. stuff. All right, there we go. A little bit of a teaser, a little bit of an appetite wetter there. And <laughs> um, Tom, uh, I wish you all the best of luck uh, with uh, season six. Not that you need it, as you said, um, everyone is chomping at the bit to see it, but uh, but congratulations on the on the show, on your six season run. It's a, it's a great show. And um, I, I've tried to stay away from spoilers, even though it's like six seasons in, you know, because I, I wanted to talk to you about the end of season five, because obviously... Mm-hmm. It is interesting. I watched it um, before I realized that there was a season six, I think, because I was watching mm-hmm. it thinking, is this the end? And it does feel kind of open-ended. So I, 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 would that have been the end of season five? Again, without getting any, giving any spoilers away, would that have been the end of season five had you not known you were getting a season six? N- no, it right. would have
2: gone on a little bit longer.
0: Um, okay.
2: It would have gone on a bit longer. That that would have been, um, I guess, the if you break a script down, that would have been the end of Act 5, and there would have been one more Act. Um, but that's what we've been able to do with season six. That that sort of, that last, that sort of prologue, um, you know, is, is, or epilogue, I should say, is kind of like, uh, is what season six is. It's kind of like taking that moment of like, and they all lived happily ever after, but then what actually happened? So that's kind of what season six is, but yeah. <laughs>
0: Lovely stuff hitting Netflix on September the 10th. Uh, I look forward to seeing it. Um, enjoy New York, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. You too, Alex. Thanks so much.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.
0: Hello, Alex Zane here. Thank you for choosing to listen to Just The Facts. And while you can still enjoy these episodes forever, you might want to check out our brand new show, A Trip To The Movies, where each week a different famous film fan curates their perfect night out at the cinema, picking what snacks they'd eat, where they'd sit, who they'd go with, and of course, what movies they'd screen. If you love cinema as much as we do, search A Trip to the Movies with Alex Zane or head to our socials at TripToMoviesPod. That's at TripToMoviesPod to find out more.